All right, everybody. Welcome back to Doing the Thing podcast. This is Jason. I'm here with Phil. Phil, how you doing? Hey, excellent, man. How you doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. So uh, I was kind of going through um, actually my last week uh, talking with clients and then kind of thinking about some past experiences. Um, as you know, I'm kind of the career transition guru, as in I always do it. So... <laughs> <laughs> So there was a, there's a concept that's always been prevalent every time I try to make a change or every time I try to do an improvement uh, or anything, start a business, et cetera. And, and it's, a, it's actually a concept that's uh, studied worldwide, and they call it the crab mentality. So I'm going to read off a, a, a pretty good definition on the crab mentality that I found, and, and I think we'll have, we can have a really good discussion revolving around this. Yeah. Crab mentality. So not like grumpy. Obviously there's a different context. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no crab ass nor or anything like that. Just <laughs> <laughs> so so it's also known as crab theory or crabs in a bucket or barrel, basket, pot, whatever, whatever you can put crabs in, right? Picture it. Um, so it's a way of thinking best described by the phrase, if I can't have it, neither can you. So it's a metaphor, it's derived from a pattern of behavior noted in crabs when they're trapped in a bucket. While any one crab could really escape, its efforts will be undermined by others, ensuring the group's collective demise. So this analogy in human behavior is claimed to be that members of a group will attempt to reduce the self-confidence of any member who achieves success beyond the others out of envy, resentment, spite, conspiracy or competitive feelings to halt their progress. Is this something that seems sounds familiar? Yeah, you know, a little nefarious too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, anybody, anytime they're trying to, uh, you know, start that business or set foot into that new career territory or even go back to school, there's always going to be somebody, even parents, friends, family, coworkers, there's always going to be somebody like, Hey, you're too old to do this. Or, you know, most businesses fail. Why would you want to do that? Or, you know, you're, you're not athletic enough. You're not good enough. You're not good looking enough. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> man. Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe some of those are your own internal, internal crabs, but uh, they, they matter. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to think about this. So <clears throat> one of the first things that comes to mind is, the laws of inertia, right? And the laws of inertia say a body, uh, you know, a body in motion tends to stay in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. Conversely, if it's still, it'll stay still until acted on by an, an outside force. And sure. sometimes, you know, situations like job displacement or career change are that inertia moment that drive us into action. And that's a positive thing. And what we don't realize is that sometimes we're on a collision course with all those other things around us <laughs> that want to stop our inertia. And that's what you're talking about. Yeah, hundred percent. And usually those are living things. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So have I experienced that? Absolutely. In fact, I, I want to say it was Napoleon Hill's book, think and grow rich that said, don't share your plans before they're built with anybody. Uh, conversely, if you're going to share them, share them from the very beginning. So everybody's working off the same playbook, 
But if they're not on the same page in terms of knowledge, research, education that you are, be careful when you share them because people can kill dreams way too early. And that's also what we're talking about. A thousand percent. Uh, my own story in crabs. Um, I was uh, back to active duty days, <laughs> right? You have you have a, a crab. <laughs> Your story in crabs. <laughs> yes, yes. My my uh, my my crab tale. My crab legend. Wow. <laughs> Man, we could really yeah have a lot of yeah we could one. Yeah. yeah, but so anyway, I was back in back in my military days. As active duty, um, most of my experience at the time, at this point, I was an infantryman. I was a brand new, uh, just recently transitioned over to the counterintelligence special agent role um, as um, I was an E6. I was a staff sergeant. I was very new in the role. Um, I did one assignment. Uh, two and a half years into that first assignment, I. You know, I wanted to go for that warrant officer packet. I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, step my game up, come into it as an officer and be a specialist as, as a counterintelligence agent, because I knew I didn't want to go into uh, those more senior enlisted roles where you're more of a manager of specialists and you're not doing the job anymore. You're just kind of a, you know, a, a glorified um, project or program manager. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so, I wanted to get into this, uh, funny enough, that's what happened as a warrant officer, but regardless, I wanted to go into this so I could be in the field more. And, and there were other agents in the field saying my, all my peers that had been doing the MOS since, uh, the military occupational specialty, since they were, you know, privates, they've been doing it way longer than me, way more experienced than me. And, and they hated the fact that I was trying to do this. They hated it. They, they felt that I didn't have the experience, the time, like, oh, I, you, you didn't do your time. It's like, what's that have anything to do with performance, right? So I, luckily I didn't listen to them. I put my packet in and I got selected my very first try and I dumped them and I went to Warren Officer Candidacy School and <laughs> came out the other side. But most people would listen to that, right? We, we, we let the others, especially our peers, influence our direction, unfortunately. And it's crap. And actually, it's actually getting my blood pressure raised a little bit thinking about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like somebody that wants to influence what you do with your life. No, dude, no. Get out of here. Your opinion does not matter. Wow. Do you need to go do some push-ups or something? Get that out of your system? <laughs> punch some, Man, punch through the wall or something? No. I mean, yeah, I could go do some push-ups. That, that could probably help. But Good. seriously, dude, doesn't that make you pissed off that somebody would try to control someone else when it's something that this other these other individuals would never even try themselves because they are just about to almost drop a really offensive p word because <laughs> our wusses right <laughs> oh we went there did we right yes yes well look so let me give a, a few get out of jail free cards um when we share our dreams visions plans or ideas with other people um most times it's because it's people that we care about who in turn care about us right and the advice that they offer comes from a good place usually, <clears throat> not always, and in your case certainly wasn't, but many times it's because they care about us and we're seeking their opinion. And so, you know, because they care about us, they want to be honest with us. Um, 
and that's all very good. But yeah, I think what you have to do as you're exploring something different is to first ask yourself, do I have enough good information to begin that conversation? Because while you're walking in with, oh man, I'm so excited. I just learned X, Y, Z and I want to share it with you. And I think it's a great idea. It's the first time they're hearing it, right? Yeah. And they care about you and they're like, obviously you missed something. Isn't that our human characteristic, right? Well, we're going to listen for the things, not that they tell us, but the things we think they didn't think of because they came to us to tell us about this. They must be seeking advice. Therefore, we have to give it. That's that human characteristic. Maybe mm -hmm. this first step in the crabs in the basket is setting the expectation for that conversation when it's time to share. A hundred percent. And we also kind of have to understand internally that, I mean, that these people that we're asking or that we're sharing this information with, they're not on our, our educational journey or our, our journey of, you know, exploration of business or school or job, whatever. They're not there. They're not there doing that, that research. And they, so they don't have all the information that you're, you've already internalized. Yeah. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about uh, the, the art of communication and, perceptions influencing responses, right? So whatever we're talking about is internalized by the person hearing us based on their life experience, perceptions, goals, and otherwise. And what they spit back at us isn't necessarily or usually related to us. It has to do with their placing themselves in our situation, right? Bam, 100%, 100%. And Interesting. It's always, um, you always hear the expression, you know, walk a mile in another person's shoes, you know, sometimes you need to put yourself in their shoes too. What would they think if they were to go do something like that? It's going to be completely different feeling than it is for, for yourself or that individual that's actually out there exploring because they don't have the pain. They don't have the pain. Uh, they're, they're not feeling it. Maybe they're, they're in a better place or they're, they're happy with their station in life and what they're doing. Um, you know, it's usually the person that's, that wants that change and that wants something different. Yeah. You know, another thing that I've been looking into and thinking about recently is the phenomenon of binary choice that Ooh, exists within that. us. Um, it seems to me that most of the time, if not all the time, it's like we're walking down a grocery store aisle and we decide whether or not we're going to have canned peas and we pick them up or we don't buy them. We apply that same logic without even sometimes thinking about it, about everything that we hear. It's a yes or no choice, right? right. Do you want to go into business for yourself? Do you want to be an employee? Yes or no? Move this way, move this way. And what we have to realize too is unless we condition the folks we're seeking advice from, and hey, we're both advocates of you know, brain trusts and getting other people involved in decisions because that's how you spot blind spots. Things exactly. you don't see yourself, others will bring to you. But I think you have to first realize that people are wired towards binary choices. They want to say yes or no to something, and they're automatically going to bias in one direction or another unless you lay the foundation for that conversation correctly. So you coach folks. How, what's, what are some strategies that, to have good input and resources from folks without getting thrown in a crab basket? Um, well, if it's somebody that's very close to you, include them in your research, you know, like your wife, your spouse, significant mm -hmm. other, include them into your research and what you're doing. Um, shit, a big, a big life change is like, uh, it's, it's kind of a big deal when you're, when you're married, uh, or, or, or in a 
committed relationship or something like that. Um, you're making this big change, but have they bought in yet? Do they understand that completely? Probably not. Not unless you're bringing them in on it. It's like, um, it's just like buying a new house, right? You can't just say, Hey honey, guess what? We're moving. She's like, I didn't even get a chance to look at the house, man. <laughs> Screw you. What's the schools like? What are schools like? What's the neighborhood like? <laughs> yeah, honey, I bought a house. That's a recipe for a longstanding relationship. Um, yeah. But you know what? And, and you're right. So the, the best case scenario is someone that is important to you is involved in that entire journey, right? Yeah. But that can't always happen as we know it. So how do we approach those situations where, you know, a person is going down a road, they're starting to find themselves in a place where they're feeling positive about a change they want to make. And now it's time. And this is the first time they get a chance to bring someone into that conversation. What do they do? It's kind of late. It's kind of late to be honest. Sometimes I think you need to take a couple steps back, go backwards and, and, and re restart a couple of steps um, so that that individual can kind of meet you where you're at. Wow. So let's talk about this for a minute. And, you know, we go through a educational journey with our clients, right? And that involves first getting to know them. And then secondly, introducing some concept concepts that align with the things, the goals and needs and expectations they have, and then helping them explore. And they can get deep into those meetings and really see the value in something. And I guess you're suggesting going back a few steps in that education process, aren't you? I think so, man. I think that's what makes the most sense. To me, logically, um, 100%. You know, hey, talk to so, – so, so I'm going to talk about the franchise validation. Like, so, so this is the best way to put this into, into context. So, so when we have a client that's, you know, he, he's just working with us, um, his, significant other, his or her significant other is not quite involved yet. They kind of want to see what's going on, see what it's all about, and just kind of explore those possibilities before they bring anybody in. Well, that's, to me, that's kind of too late, and I tell them that, and they understand that so that they know that if, you know, somebody wants to join them on these, we're going to take a couple of steps back. Um, so, so when we start looking at franchises, they're actually developing relationships with franchisors, they're learning, they're in the discovery and education process, boom, they find something that they really love and they want to start, they want to start a business. Um, so I'll say, Hey, has, how's, uh, how's your wife feel about this? <laughs> well, she's kind of listening in on some of the calls, but she's still confused. I told you that. So let's, let's kind of back it up a little bit. Let's, uh, let's go through some of this discovery with her first. Let's help her learn a little bit about what we're doing. Um, let me, you know, resubmit a couple of um, worksheets that we have that, you know, she can kind of, or even I'll print out yours so she can kind of look at your worksheets and understand what you're talking about and what you're doing and why we're doing this. So these things have your goals on them. They want, I want you to, you know, be able to verbally um, tell them what these goals are from memory so that you can continuously commit to that. If you can't do it from memory, then they're not goals. You know, so we want to understand what they are. You know, what do you want to accomplish out of a business? What do you want to accomplish out of your career change? Let's commit it to memory. Wow. Well, that's powerful stuff. So what we're saying here is if they're not taking the journey together, at some point a decision gets made and usually isn't it the case that the person you're working with 
is the they're like the bold thinker. And yeah, I, I see the value in stepping forward into something new and I'll take risks because I'm confident in my skills. But my wife or husband, they're not risk takers. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's usually how it goes with most relationships. Um, you've got the super high dominant influential person and then you have the you know the super high the sc the the steadiness and conscientious person that doesn't take risks and that has to do a lot of analysis before they can make a decision usually that's i mean that's that's my relationship i don't know about yours <laughs> yeah yeah mine too and there's always one on the high side and one on the low side yeah that's Almost how we balance always. each other the, the yeah. yin and the yang huh yeah um then you step away from, you know, your, your, your spouse, right? Let's say that conversation goes well. Um, it's an interesting phenomenon that, uh, first of all, we attribute some sort of mystical value to fate. And I'll tell you what I mean in a minute. But sometimes we say, you know, this person that I bumped into in Starbucks, when you used to be able to bump into people in Starbucks, just happened to be an XYZ and we just happened to talk about XYZ and how timely because I'm looking at doing this and then I met this person, right? Oh yeah, all the time. Um, and so many times you hear about this, well, either talking to a friend or sitting at a bar stool and I told the person next to me, like I'm thinking about getting into business for myself. And he's like, oh my God, my aunt Dorothy opened a donut shop and she lost everything. And right now they live in a shoebox in the middle of the ocean and that's all they can afford, right? Right. And we attribute this, wow, it's a good thing I bumped into this person. Fate brought us together for me to hear this story. But that's about as realistic as in one of our other episodes, I told you that the, the milk was in the back of the fridge and I got pissed off about that and I <laughs> yeah. stubbed my toe. Yeah. That's, it's about as real as saying to everybody listening right now, every time you go to grab milk in your kitchen, you're going to stub your toe. Yeah, that's, that's fake, man. That's, you're, you're destined to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. you know, getting outside, obviously we, our spouses, our significant others, our partners in life need to be involved in important decisions and stepping back and helping them have good enough information to make informed choices becomes very important. But then there's this whole other network of people. Maybe we have yeah. folks that, you know, haven't taken risks and achieved to the level and they're a little bit threatened by the opportunity for you to do so. How do we approach those conversations so that they don't derail us? I think just going back to those those definitions of you know the the crab theory, uh, obviously it's really hard to bring third parties along um, into uh, an exploration process unless you're a really really close family. Um, <laughs> you know it's uh, it, it's it's extremely difficult. Uh, so you know sometimes sometimes you just don't have shouldn't just waste your energy trying to explain to them and just uh, focus on your own research. And there's got to be a point uh, to where, you know, you can't just convince everybody of what you're trying to do uh, and you can't completely hundred percent educate them. Uh, so just trust your gut and trust what you know, you know? Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, Napoleon Hill's book recommends that you have a, and this is not what he calls it, but I call it a brain trust, that you have a group of people who are trusted advisors. On that advisory board, certainly as your spouse, significant other partner in life, um, you should have the critical thinker. Like I've got my buddy Loop, and Loop's whole purpose in life is to find all the things that are possibly going to go wrong 
And if you can answer those, then you're probably doing the right thing. And you need a person like that, not to derail you, but to help you catch those things you may not have thought of. And in our coaching world, perhaps we're that person. We're saying, okay, I'm glad you're excited, but have you thought about this? And don't you think you want to get an answer to this particular direction? Um, But if you don't have that kind of a resource, getting that critical thinker who's not going to derail you for personal interest. They love and care about you. They're going to give you good advice, but they can critically think about the pieces you perhaps haven't thought of. And that can convince you that you're right, right? That's true. That's very true. Um, You know, a sounding board, you know, somebody really, you know, unbiased, um, objective, that can just give you, you know, facts. Yeah. You know, how much do you think, speaking of that um, crab in a basket you brought up earlier, the one, the crab basket inside your own head? So we always have self-doubt, right? There's always going to be, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if that's a, like even an appropriate term for, for the crab in your own brain because it's just you in there, right? You should be able to crawl out on your own. <laughs> I'm not sure it's just me and mine, but maybe, <laughs> maybe but but you know the the crab in the basket, you know you know terminology that that kind of talks about you know alone. Theoretically, you should be able to just crawl out of there just fine. It's only until there's others in there that you get stuck; they pull you back down. Mm. So so in your own mind, um, you know. Only you could stop yourself from from crawling out of the basket, right? You're, it's, it's your own self doubt. It's your own um, bias. It's your own, you know, background. Probably what you learned growing up and things like that. So sometimes you have to break the mold of some of those past uh, ways of thought. And I don't know. I mean, sometimes we're conditioned to be a certain way because of the people that we're around, and that affects our thinking. That's um, yeah. what was it. Um, Malcolm Gladwell uh, said that we're, I think it's Malcolm Gladwell, we're byproduct of the five people that we spend the most time with. Timothy Ferris. Tim Tim Ferris. Tim Ferris. Yeah, and it's absolutely true. Um, Yeah, and it's so, the world is full of interesting characters. And, you know, myself, and I'm not taking anything away from this profession. I deeply respect people who are committed to public service and can do things like, you know, postal work and every day kind of they enjoy having that same predictable routine. I couldn't do that. There's nothing wrong with them doing that, but I couldn't do that. And I think what you have to ask yourself as you're seeking, as you're talking to those crabs in your basket before you make your escape is, How are they wired and what is their comfort and security level and what motivates them? Because that's going to be the filter through which they answer you when you tell them whatever you're thinking about. Right. Yeah. And, and this is coming from a personal mindset. I've always said, well, you guys will get over it after the fact. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not the best answer in the world, but sometimes you have to do that. Right. Sometimes you just have to go and act. Because sometimes you'll just, you can't get everybody's blessing on a certain thing. You know, it's, it's next to impossible. Sometimes you just have to, I mean, you can't get 100% on any decision you make, unless it's math, right? <laughs> <laughs> unless it's a, a math problem, that's something that's 100% accurate or it's not. Um, everything else, you're, you're doing analysis that's equatable to about 90% 
of all of the facts for that mm-hmm. decision. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think if we go into it with that, and yeah, it's powerful words words to say. I mean, and this is not a political statement it, it, by any means, but it's just, just a fact that people have different political opinions. And you can lose a best friend unless you're armed with the words, let's agree to disagree about that. And I think yeah. that's what you're saying when you say, you're going to have to get over it. It's just, listen, I really respect your your insights and the things you've shared with me and I value them. You We're going to have to agree to disagree yeah. though, mm-hmm. because I, I see the world a little bit differently than that, but you know, I'm glad you shared that with me and thanks for being open enough to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Show some gratitude towards them that they have some, at least some um, concern for your well being, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which they always right. do. Yeah. Uh, almost always do. There are most those of, people that just, you know, if you succeed, it points further to what they feel is their own failure or shortcoming. And therefore, yeah. they're vested in keeping people back so that they themselves can tell themselves that story that they tell themselves. Probably not in our friend circles because we have. I think I've weeded most of those out by now. As you do, right? The emotional yeah. vampires and the energy suckers and all those people. Yeah, yeah that's a smart move. Yeah, but they, they, they tend to come back every now and then. Sometimes sometimes I feel like I'm a, a poor judge of character, but you know what? You have to give everybody their chance. You can't just judge uh, upon the surface, right? Yeah, you can't. But you know what? I do believe that. So visualize you're walking into a dance hall, right? And you hear the music start to play. Let's say, what kind of music would, you, would people dance to in a dance hall? Shit, I don't know, like. <laughs> hip-hop i guess or pop pop music i don't know well dance music so let's think dance like cha-cha <laughs> to be dramatic okay. right let's think okay. cha-cha. when you walk in that dance hall and you hear the cha-cha music playing you can be pretty sure that people are going to start dancing cha-cha to the cha-cha music right and my point if is if they know it if they're if old they, enough to know it yeah if they're old enough <laughs> to know it yeah um but you hear that same cha-cha music playing when you meet an emotional vampire. You can see those dance steps starting, right? And Oh my gosh, yeah, you can. Right? So once you have enough experience with those types of people that you've sorted them away from your life and a new one wants to come in, you're walking in that dance hall, the music starts, you know exactly what the dance is going to be, and you can turn around and go out the exit doors. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be somebody that's not going to do a cha-cha-cha. They're going to do a bump and grind. And you're like, oh, man, get out. Get out. Get out now. (laughs) Interesting. Good insights, man. This has been a great topic. I'm really glad you thought about it. And uh, hopefully, you know, we shared some perspectives that, listen, the, the big thing is if you're putting the work in, whether it's athletic training or entrepreneurial research, whatever it is, if you're putting the legitimate work in, Trust yourself, you know, honor the process. And if the process is right, the information you're getting or the gains you're getting from it's going to be right as well. And it doesn't matter what other people say at a point. If your process is right and you honor it, you're going to reach a good place in terms of decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, you're not going to have that instant gratification. And sometimes it, it takes a little while, you know, um, You've got to do that repetition sometimes, you know, this is speaking more towards, you know, getting like fitness results, results out of your business. Once you're already in a business, you got to, you got to get that repetition and you got to get the time and sometimes to, of doing those right things over and over again, because they accumulate, they build up. 
and then you start seeing the fruits of your labors. And, but, and people don't see that from the outside because they're like, oh, look at him working so hard for nothing. You're still fat. <laughs> You're still broke. <laughs> but you it's brought like up something really important and comes back to this whole crabs in the basket concept because I wonder um, where are we looking for the gratification to come from when we're considering a career change? Do we want the gratification to come from those around us who go, wow, that's a brilliant idea. You're so smart for thinking of that. That shouldn't be our goal. No. Our goal should be the success of that whatever it is we move towards once we've done our good discovery, when we make that decision, it should be delayed gratification. But I wonder if that causes some of this crab effect. It could be. It could be too. You could also look at it as, um, you know, it's um, the process as well. You know, you have to be able to enjoy the process too, to be able to get to those rewards. You shouldn't have to do a process that you despise, that you hate just for, you know, you know, a cookie at the end of the road. That sucks. <laughs> Let's call that the burpee process. Yeah, the burpee process. Yeah, because yeah. there ain't nobody in this world that I know that would say, yeah, I love doing burpees, man. I can't I wait for burpees, them. man. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So what are we going to talk about next week? We'll have to figure that out after this. Yeah, you know, maybe we'll put some thought. We got seven days between now and then. But um, one interesting thing for those of you listening, we are thinking about doing is we've done some really powerful interviews. We've done some sessions dedicated to mindset and mindset change. We've touched on entrepreneurship and topics around that. And then we've had some story time. And what we're thinking about, and we'd love your feedback if you get a chance to chat or pop it into a Facebook window or whatever you do. Um, what are your thoughts about us changing the uh, organization of the show? And what are your thoughts about those particular categories? Do, which do you enjoy, if any, more than others? Be interesting. Yeah. yeah, education, story time, or interviews. I mean, maybe we could build upon all of them, but um, what do you like the most? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Awesome, man. Well, it is Friday, and you probably have a workout. I know I do, too. And then... I got plumbing and toilets to fix all weekend. That's what oh, I'm. Oh man, I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm waiting around in boxes. We have all of our boxes upstairs and all of our stuff waiting for them to be taken away on the 18th. So Boom. week of the 18th might be kind of a, a podcast from the car or something like that. We'll figure it out. Oh, that might be fun. It could be fun. Yeah, I'll drive. I'll drive while I do it. No, no, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> A great session, and I hope everybody listening got something from it. I certainly did. So thank you for raising it. Great topic, man. Thanks, brother. Always a pleasure. Yep. Catch you next week, man. Yep.